Our first uh, scripture reading of the morning is from Mark's Gospel, a very short passage. It's a healing of, uh, by Jesus of a blind man in Bethsaida. It's on Mark chapter 8, verses 22 through 25. I invite you to follow along. It says, they, and that's uh, Jesus and the disciples, came to Bethsaida. Some people brought a blind man to him and begged him to touch him. He took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the village. And when he had put saliva on his eyes and laid his hands on him, he asked him, can you see anything? The man looked up and said, I can see people, but they look like trees walking. Then Jesus laid his hands on his eyes again, and he looked intently, and his sight was restored, and he saw everything clearly. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our second uh, scripture reading uh, has the signature verse for our second week of our 40 days in the Word. It's the last verse of our passage. It's uh, Psalm 119, verses 12 through 18. The signature verse is underneath uh, my sermon title. Um, but I'm going to read the whole passage and uh, share with you Psalm 119, verses 12 through 18. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. With my lips, I declare all the ordinances of your mouth. I delight in the way of your decrees as much as in all riches. I will meditate on your precepts and fix my eyes on your ways. I will delight in your statutes. I will not forget your word. Deal bountifully with your servant so that I may live and observe your word. Open my eyes, so that I may behold wondrous things out of your law. Friends, this too is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I want you to uh, dig back deep into the recesses of your mind to those old Saturday morning cartoons you used to watch when you were growing up, and especially that lovable old character, Mr. Magoo. Remember Mr. Magoo wearing those huge Coke bottle lens glasses. He was always fumbling and stumbling about. And Mr. Magoo's lack of vision got him into some hilarious situations. I mean, he would strike up a conversation with a parking meter thinking it was a person. At the zoo, he would mistaken the 800-pound gorilla for the hot dog vendor. He would zoom his car down the sidewalk thinking that he was merging onto the on-ramp of the freeway. Well, what makes Mr. Magoo so funny is that he is blind to his own blindness, as we are as well. And to prove my point, I'm going to give you an eye test right here in church. How many F, F as in Frank, how many Fs do you see in the following sentence? How many of you only see three Fs in the sentence? If so, Josh, I'm sorry, you need a second touch. Look at the sentence again. How many of you see six Fs? Okay, stop looking at the screen. Look at me now. We, we tend to, uh, to miss some of that first, uh, at first glance because our brains tend to overlook the word of, of. We see, but do we really see? Well, in Mark's gospel, the man says, I can see people, but they look like trees walking around. When I've gone to the eye doctor in the past, 
I've had sometimes to have my um, eyes dilated. And let me tell you, driving home was no picnic. Heading down the road, I felt like Mr. Magoo. People looked like trees walking around. Well, as we read the Gospels, we notice that Jesus took the time to spend with blind people. Now, one reason is that blindness is hard. It's it's a terrifying condition. But we also know that Jesus had a heart of compassion uh, for people. But I think it's also fitting for him to be concerned with the blind for another reason. Blindness is a metaphor for the way that sin sort of darkens our souls so that we think that when we see clearly, the reality is we're not seeing at all. And unfortunately, there have been Christians down through the ages who have Mr. Magood their approach to the Bible. In other words, these are people who are sort of blind to the whole message of God's word. They think they see, uh, they see things clearly, but in reality, they don't see clearly at all. Consider for a moment the spiritual blindness that led to the institution of slavery. There was a time when Christians viewed uh, black people as nothing more than farm machinery. And just so you know, this was not just a southern thing down uh, in the Carolinas and below. Slavery was as American as apple pie. And because of the blindness that was caused by racism, we did some pretty nasty things, even as we justified the Bible in our behavior. I did hear a story of an incident that took place. This was the day after the surrender at the Appomattox Courthouse. And it is said that President Lincoln was walking toward the White House when a, when a frail and elderly black man shouted, God bless you, Mr. President. And upon hearing him, the president walked over to this frail man with gray hair. He took off his top cat and he bowed before this former slave, which signaled a new day in America. Or more contemporary, just consider for a moment the poverty that we have here in the southern end of Lancaster County. Did you know that this area has an unemployment rate of about 14%, which is much higher than the rest of Lancaster County? I had no idea. It never dawned on me that there are so many enormous needs right under our noses. Where are these people? How did I not see them? I'll tell you why. In the end, we see what we want to see. It isn't that we're totally blind, but we're a lot like those horses that are pulling those Amish buggies. We do wear blinders. Well, I think that the biggie at the top of the eye chart for examining our spiritual vision is how do we see people? Now, the man in the story from Mark's gospel saw people as if they were trees walking around. Reminds me of the story of the three guys who went out to dinner one night together at a restaurant, and they all ordered the same thing, chicken pot pie. One of the guys was from Pennsylvania, one of the guys was from Russia, and one of the guys was from New Jersey. (laughs) A couple minutes later, the waitress came back to the table, and she said, I'm sorry, please excuse me, but there seems to be a shortage of chicken, so two of you are going to have to order something else. Well, the guy from Pennsylvania looked up and said, what's a shortage? The guy from Russia looked up and said, what's chicken? And the guy from New Jersey looked up and said, what's, I'm sorry, please excuse me. See, I just made fun of myself, and you didn't even laugh at that. You know, you try them out here, and sometimes they work, and you know. Some of us have blind spots in how we see people. 
Maybe you're a husband who has 20-20 eyesight, but you have a blindness that runs roughshod over your wife and family. Some of us parents are as blind as Mr. Magoo when it comes to seeing how we might better be able to attend to our children or grandchildren. You know, we can even be spiritually blind in the church. In the book of James, he writes this, if a person with gold rings and in fine clothes comes in, and if a poor person in dirty clothes also comes in, and if you take notice of the one wearing fine clothes and say, have a seat here, please, while to the poor one you say, stand there or sit at my feet, have you not made distinctions among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? So to put the story in context a little bit, two strangers arrive at the church at the same time. We know they're strangers because they don't know where to sit in church. And so the usher escorts the rich guy right down the front, gives him the prime seat and says, sir, we have this reserved seat for you right down here front. Obviously not a Presbyterian. We want everybody to know that you're here. Please let us know how we can better take care of your needs. Then he says to the poor, listen, fella, you can stand over there in the corner or you can just sit on the floor. I could care less. Literally, it means sit under my feet. It's the ultimate put down. He wants to put him in a place where hopefully no one will see him or notice him. Someone has titled this scene as the case of the nearsighted usher. And so it is with us. Some of us are so nearsighted that we can't see beyond our tiny circle of friends. Some of us are, for, are so farsighted that, that we miss the chance to love and serve people who are right under our noses. Oh, we want to go out and save the world, but it's the people who are closest to us that seem to suffer the most from neglect. We've got eye trouble, all right? Me, myself, and eye trouble. At the turn of the 20th century, the greatest astronomer at that time was convinced that there was life on Mars. Sir Percival Lowell was noted for his studies of the solar system, but he always had this fascination with the infamous red planet. And when Sir Percival Lowell heard back in 1877 that an Italian astronomer had seen straight lines crisscrossing Mars, Sir Percival Lowell was determined to spend the rest of his life squinting into the eyepiece of a huge telescope in Arizona, charting the uh, uh, canals and, and uh, channels that he saw on the planet's surface. He was convinced that this was a sure sign that there was intelligent life on Mars. Back then, no one would ever challenge his beliefs and findings. After all, who would challenge the greatest astronomer of his time? Well, the only problem with that is that we have sent countless space probes up to Mars and no one has ever seen a picture of a canal. So what happened? We now know that Sir Percival Lowell suffered from a rare eye disease that caused the blood vessels of his own eyes to swell. And so when he was looking up and drawing all those pictures, what he was seeing were not canals on Mars, but he was seeing the bulging veins of his own eyeballs. Today, we call that Lowell syndrome. We can get the spiritual equivalent of Lowell syndrome. Jesus said it this way, to beware of looking at the speck in our neighbor's eye when we've got a telephone pole in our own eye. And quite often, when we're pointing out the faults of other people, what we're really seeing are the defects of our own vision. 
I want you to think for a moment about the person right now in your life that you're most fed up with. Stop looking at me. <laughs> but I want you to ask yourself this question. Are you really looking at the faults of that other person or are you in fact observing the defects of your own vision? My friends, we have met the blind man and he is us. And we know that eye problems require the care and skill and training of, of, a, of a highly competent uh, eye doctor. And we know that it takes a long time to get an appointment with that kind of a specialist. Well, I have good news for you today. The good news that I wanna share with you is that right now at this very moment, you are in the operating room of the great ophthalmologist. Oh, and what a wonderful bedside manner he has. We read that Jesus took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the village. Now, just imagine for a moment the splash that Jesus could have made if he had performed that spectacular miracle in front of all those people. Imagine all those people would have run home and told their family and told their friends that Jesus had healed a blind man right before their very eyes. Instead, Jesus takes the man by the hand and he leads him out to a wooded area. And then Jesus takes warm saliva from his mouth and he puts it on the man's eyes. We think, oh, yuck. Why in the world would Jesus spit on the man? Why wouldn't he just say, rise up and walk or, or get well, as he did in so many other healings? I don't know. But this much I do know. Touch is very important to a blind man. When I was uh, in senior high youth group back in the church that I grew up in, one time in the month of October, we were having our own Halloween party. And we're doing one of those corny icebreaker games where everyone sits in a circle, and then they put one person in the middle of that circle, and they put a blindfold on them. And then everyone around that circle changes seats. And the blindfolded person is placed on a person's lap around that circle, and they try to guess the person whose lap they're sitting on. And for us teenage boys and girls, it was a way for us to have some good, clean fun while still keeping our hormones in check. Well, that particular party, that particular icebreaker, I got picked to be sat on by a blindfolded Beth Robertson. Now, how significant was that? She was the hot ticket in the senior high who had a huge crush on. And so she sat on my lap and she ran her fingers up and down my face and through my hair and oh, I loved every minute of it. <laughs> And then the youth group leader asked her, well, who do you think it is? How would you describe this face? Ugly as sin is what I remember her saying. <laughs> Obviously, she was blind. <laughs> but touching is important to a blind person, and Jesus was aware of that. And so Jesus bathes this man's eyes with warm saliva. And suddenly that thick blackness of, of dark clouds that the man had stared through all those years melts into warm golden sunshine. In the words of the old Joni Mitchell song, it pours in like butterscotch and sticks to all his senses. And there's rainbows and sunsets and butterflies and children playing all come into that man's uh, field of vision because of Jesus. So at one level, this story is the simple healing of a blind man, but at a much deeper level, it is 
an eye chart for us examining our own spiritual vision. As we sang earlier, amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved the wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. And there's lots of different ways and stories that I could share with you to reemphasize that point. But instead, I'm going to have you see it. And it's a video that I'm going to show. It's longer than some of the videos that I normally show uh, in the context of a sermon. So I'm going to ask somebody to hit the lights back there. And it's about four minutes long. But I think and hope and pray it will make the point. Kid, every time I'm pulling out, he's right there. Man, and someone needs to talk to his parents if they're ever at home. What is up with the traffic today? And always, every day, this intersection's always crowded. I hate pulling out of here. Let me see these dumb roads. Oh, there's. <sighs> okay, so I'm not even here. Right. Great lady. The princess of parking. Sure. Take this spot. Way to be considerate. Oh, are you kidding me? Unbelievable. Oh. Thank you, ma'am. Oh, it's about time. Let's see. What do I want? Uh, yeah, can I add a cookie to that order? Yeah, no problem. Yeah, uh, no problem, only guy in the world. I'm sure you need your cookie. The world? Your oyster, and he's serving your cookies. Thanks, Thank you so much. Uh -huh. What can I get for you? Uh, yeah, I'll talk to you, Cap Macchiato. Yeah, sure, no problem. Three eighty-five. And uh, it might take a few minutes here. We've got quite a line, obviously. And thanks for your patience. Great. Yeah, <laughs> great. Great for me. Waiting again. Unbelievable. What? What is What am I supposed to do? How can I how can I do anything about that? Can I even help with that? I don't your coffee, sir. Oh. I can't I can't take this anymore. I gotta get out of here. Hey, watch it.
buddy. Come here. Got the lights, please? Thank you. Friends, uh, Jesus is still healing eyes, and he's still uh, touching people a second time. And as you saw, he helped the man, the man in the video to see things they had never seen before. Because the man apparently used to see people as if they were trees walking around. It took a second touch. Then he apparently got the eyes of Christ. So, as I close, are you someone here today who is in need of second touch? Maybe in your marriage, maybe in your family, maybe in your job, maybe here in this church. Well, I'm here to tell you the doctor is in and he is walking the aisles this morning. And yes, he will even give you his very own eyes. Would you join me in prayer? Let us pray. Lord God, some of us can see well enough with our eyes, but on a deeper level, we are as blind as a bat. And so we pray that you would touch our eyes with your healing power this morning and give us a 2020 vision in our souls. Grant to us sight and insight into your truth and into your ways. God, there are those among us today who are driven but we are driven by blind rage or blind ambition, even blind fear. We pray that we might feel your second touch or third or fourth or whatever it takes to cure us of our own spiritual blindness. And finally, Lord God, we pray that we might see with your eyes the people who are around us and reach out and touch with the love, mercy, and amazing grace of Jesus Christ. For it is in his name that we pray, amen.